Eagle Eye in the Sky is fueled by Gatorade, the official sports drink of the Philadelphia Eagles. Anything that moves, I don't care who it is. Let's go. Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. Touchdown! You're listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right, another day, and we have our final practice before the first preseason game as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade, continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 195. At the top of this week's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I am joined by Ben Fennel and Chris McPherson to break down what we saw at Tuesday's practice, the final one before the Eagles take on the Tennessee Titans on Thursday night at Lincoln Financial Field. Let's get right into the action here. Let's get into Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. All right, well, before we get started, first, just a quick reminder. Number one way to support the show, rate, review, subscribe. Go on wherever you listen, Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, wherever. Go on, give us a rating, give us a, a, a comment or a, a review or a question, anything that you like. Uh, leave us that comment. Number one way to support the show. Kind of boost us up in the rankings a little bit. Give us a little extra support as we head into the football season. All right, with that being said, guys, uh, let's get started. Defensive day, it felt like uh, today at practice. Certainly a couple big plays on offense, but uh, felt more like a defensive day here on Tuesday. For me, it was more of watching the young guys get ready Mm. for their... I'll I'll let you guys dive into more stuff that you'll get into the practice notes, but I was really keeping my eye on the rookies here uh, who are going to make their debut on Thursday night because I talked about on the podcast yesterday how the coaches have to get the team, the main starters, ready for the regular season, and it's difficult because you're not going to have as many live reps. There probably won't be any more tackling drills in the rest of camp. You know, they're not going to play a ton in the preseason. But today I really was spent a lot of time talking with the rookies because, you know, you go down the list, start with Andre Dillard. He's going to play a lot on Thursday night, okay? We don't know who the starters are per se, but I don't expect J.P., to play much in the preseason. You don't need to see him in the preseason. You know what he's going to bring to the table. But Andre Dillard, you need to get him ready. You're hoping that's a redshirt season for him. But if it's not, if he needs to be called into action, can he handle the job? Miles Sanders, we've talked a lot about him on the podcast, how he seems to be the one rookie who can make an instant impact yep. here in 2019. You know How much are we going to see from him in the preseason? I think we're all excited to see him in-game action. Uh, but then you have guys like J.J. Ar- Ortega-Whiteside. Okay, Right now you say, okay, he's the fourth or fifth receiver, but he could have a, a role. He could, have, he could contribute, whether it's on offense or special teams, as a rookie here. You know? And then you have Sharif Miller, the defensive end, the hometown kid uh, from Philadelphia. We mentioned him on the podcast because uh, Wilton Houston had the great question about his development. And you know, I spent some time with Sharif, just what has he learned from the veterans in the room, and you know what? What is he looking to prove out there on Thursday? And also, just how many tickets did he have to buy? Right. Okay, he said it's at fifteen. I'm like, are you going to have all of the Northeast, you know, coming down right. to the link for the game? Uh, and then Clayton Thorson. Okay, uh, Nate Sudfeld had a lot of great things to say about you know how he's handled the moment, how smart he is, how athletic he is, the big arm. He's going to probably get a good amount of time because I don't know how much we're going to see of Carson Wentz. And Doug Pearson did say that we need to get Nate Sudfeld ready because I believe someone threw out the stat during the interview that he's 25 
regular season reps. So he's had a couple of years in the system now. You want to see him develop. But with Clayton Thorson, this is a, a project player you took in the fifth round. You want to see him take some steps and see how he fares in live game action. So uh, big picture for me, it was more or less these rookies are getting ready to play a first preseason game. What's that going to be like for them on Thursday? Yeah, I think it's, you know, and especially when you talk about guys that either are de- uh, defensive players that have to go tackle or offensive linemen and running backs, uh, live action is really where you can start to evaluate them. So it's been tough to, you know, people will say like, oh, you know, how have the running backs looked? How have the offensive linemen looked? We see them in bits and pieces, yeah. but when it's, until it's live hitting, you don't really know. And even then... It's still not, it's only for a couple periods at a time. So you really look forward to the preseason games where, you know, the live bullets are going and you get a sense of, all right, this is where, uh, you know, this is where Andre Dillard is at in his development. This is where a guy, a second year player in Jordan Mailata is in his development. The other running backs, to me, that's what I'm excited for on Thursday night. And, uh, you know, we'll get, we'll get a look at these guys for the first time. You know, there's definitely a lot of rookies that are intriguing. You want to see Dillard and Sanders and Sharif Miller. But the majority of the bodies that are going to be surviving through the preseason really aren't the wide-eyed rookies on this roster. Certainly there are some rookies that will be getting their first experience, but the majority of the second and third teamers that are going to be, you know, playing majority of these snaps are kind of the journeymen of the group. You know, the Adam Ellis's who've been in the league for three, four years. Agadosi is in his uh, third third training camp after being with the Cardinals. You know, LJ Fort, Singleton with the CFL. Cody Kessler, who's played a lot of snaps in yeah. the NFL. Uh, Greg Ward, Cyprian, who's on his third team. You know, it's kind of an interesting group of bodies on the second and third teams that are going to be playing a lot in the preseason. I don't think there's going to be a lot of wide-eyed moments. These guys are hungry, looking to make this roster, and if they can't make it here, they would just want to put good plays out on tape for the league to see. Yeah, I think ultimately this has been something where you've seen it over the last couple of years, right, where uh, instead of the, the bottom part of the roster being you know first- and second-year guys, it's now you're starting to see a little bit more seasoned vets, guys that have been around are the Orlando Scandricks. You want to exactly. throw him in there yeah, as great well. Point. Um, great point. You know, and guys that have the ability to come in, and it's it's not when, oh, when the third team goes in, it's all of a sudden it's sloppy football. Now the guy, the young guys that are there, they're going to be held to that standard. Or, you know, you're not lined up with other undrafted rookies and things like that. You're lined up to guys who have played in playoff games and have played, and not just like been backups, but were starters and for yeah. for playoff teams. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see if those guys can help just bring help the cream rise to the uh, rise to the top and uh, you know just bring the best out of those. Players. You know, speaking of those guys, the Eagles made a couple roster moves yeah. on Tuesday, and one of those players, Kasim Edibali, mm-hmm. you know, has. Was Factors in there. Three yeah. three years with the Saints where he played every single game in the regular season. Okay, fifth-year player in the league. Now, primarily I think he's been a 3-4 outside linebacker, but coming in as a defensive end. But again, it goes to your point, Fran, that it's not a – you know, a first-year player, you know, a guy who maybe was, you know, a rookie camp body that maybe you say you come in and just eat up snaps. Like, no, these are guys who are legitimately competing for spots on the roster, especially with Joe Osman, who was placed on injured reserve there, uh, suffering a knee injury, and unfortunately yep. his 2019 yep. season is officially over. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. It hasn't always been like that here. It's You kind of no. are witnessing the maturation and the development of an elite roster turning over. Obviously, having won the Super Bowl two years ago, we're just really taking that next step as an organization from the bottom of the roster up. When you're not seeing those kind of seventh rounders and undrafted, you're seeing guys that are experienced, seasoned, and really ready to contribute. Yeah, I mean, if, you're, if you want to see the best from Sharif Miller right over the next uh, four weeks – 
you're putting him next to Kasim Adabali. His career's on. I mean, his you know he's fighting for for his career right now. Yeah. Um, you know, to, to me, like that that's what helps bring the most out of out of those young guys. It'll be interesting to see just how how it all unfolds over the next. Few and weeks. success brings problems too. Right. You know, our practice squad squad is probably going to get picked apart a little bit. We have a quality bottom of the roster. Right. The league sees that. They go after the quality teams, the teams that are winning consistently. And these are just good problems to have. You know, typically your roster gets picked apart, your coaching staff gets picked apart in the offseason. These are just winning problems, and that's something we're going to come to expect for you know several years here. Well, it's good roster management because if you don't have players who are maybe playing out their rookie contracts, okay, because you're trying to manage the cap because you're obviously going to have your top-tier players, mm-hmm. Carson Wentz, Fletcher Cox, those guys. So you say, all right, well, am I getting a lot of contributions from players on their rookie contracts? The next best thing after that are – you know, low price veterans. Yeah. Okay. That's and a that's, great point. And that's yeah. being smart where you go to what Howie did in, you know, 2017 with Chris Long and Patrick Robinson and, you know, guys you're bringing out. Even Alshon Jeffrey was a one year deal, yeah. a Garrett prove Blunt, it deal, yep. LeGarrette Blunt, you know, and make, and make it work. So you get enough of these guys in here who are also good character guys, mm-hmm. guys who have played in the league for a while, who have contributed to winning teams that know what it takes to succeed so that they're adding something as well to the locker room that's not just on the field that they'll go out there and you're not going to have sloppy football in the third and fourth quarter of these preseason games. These are veterans who the young guys who are maturing can learn a few things from. It makes me go back to the early Andy Reid era when it was starting to reach its peak and you had a draft class like in 2002 with Lido and Sheldon and B. West where it's like those guys aren't coming in right away. Right. Okay, Those right. guys are essentially taking redshirt years before they're thrust into, into mm-hmm. the spotlight. So uh, very, it's very good roster construction. And the preseason games from the first quarter all the way through, there's going to be name guys out there. It's yeah. not going to be the fourth quarter where like, we don't know who any of these players yeah, some are. Some pass rusher from the Little Sisters of the Poor. And, <laughs> right. right yeah. uh, well, let me ask you this now. We're going into to the first game on Thursday. Before we get into today's practice, um, since we're talking about it, mm-hmm. one player each or one thing, one topic that you're hoping to see, that you are excited to see, I should say, uh, on Thursday night. Obviously, number one, we all want everybody, everybody to stay healthy. That's the number yeah. one most important thing going into the preseason. But a player or a theme, something that you're just excited to see for the first game Let's against see. Tennessee. I, I will I will say Andre Diller comes to mind because you want to see the investment the Eagles made in the first-round pick, and by no means am I expecting a finished product out there on the field. And you know, speaking with Andre, I said, did, did you have any sort of welcome to the NFL moment? And he said it was back in the spring, and he was going up, mentioned Joe Osman here, he was getting ready for a rep against Joe Osman in like one-on-ones, and Stout said, 95 is coming for you. 95 is going to bring it to you. And Andre's like, okay, we'll see what this Hmm. means. And he said, Osman put a sick inside spin move and got right by him. And it was kind of like, oh, all right, this this is what it's all about. It's a different level here. So Jason Peters talked about Dillard and saying that he's – very pleased with what he's seen from a development standpoint. Saying the big thing is he expects the he says Andre's a bit of a lighter guy, so he expects a lot of guys to use a bull rush mm-hmm. against him. That's something that he's gonna have to prepare for, but it's something that he's done a better job and he's improved with even here in training camp because you look at the players the Eagles have on their roster being able to bring it guys like BG and Vinnie Curry, you know, Josh Sweat uh getting after him. So so I, I will say you do want to see how well he plays. Certainly Nate Sudfeld because he's stepping into the bigger role. He's stepping into that backup role this year, and you know he's going to be the guy that you know should something happen with number eleven, and hopefully it doesn't. Look, this is the guy who's going to be thrust into the spotlight. Um, I probably then after that would say maybe maybe the cornerback group just yeah. because you know 
some of these guys have had tremendous camps. I don't know how much we're going to see of Sidney Jones and Avante Max and Rasul Douglas, but there's even guys behind them, guys like you know Jarek McKinnon, who's who's flashed. There's you know Jay Liggins, who's a tall, long corner, who you'll probably see in the fourth quarter, or a rookie for agent who's who's had some moments and shows yeah. that he has he has a chance. So, um, but that that cornerback group has played very well against some real good competition here in camp, and now you want to see that translate to another team. So those those would be my. Uh, I know I'm kind of rambling going off on a tangent with like many different things, you know, because you're just excited to see, I think, the whole team come together. Uh, but I'll, I'll spotlight those couple things to start, start things off ben. with. Yeah, I would just go really fast on one of the position groups that's taken a hit with an injury. So whether that's the linebacking linebackers or the defensive ends, mm. you know, whether that's maybe a Deshaun Hall having a big preseason and, you know, getting a couple sacks you know, in the second half or a TJ Edwards making some plays, you make a play out in practice, it ripples a little bit. You make a play in a preseason game, it ripples a lot and everybody yeah. takes note. And that's typically when you earn some more acknowledgement, maybe earn some more playing time in that next preseason game, maybe get bumped up a unit in mm. practice that week. So... I'm just looking forward to seeing somebody take advantage of the opportunity there, whether that's you know a Deshaun Hall off the edge or maybe a uh, Sharif Miller maybe developing and showing out a little bit sooner than we expected mm-hmm. or maybe an LJ Ford or you know, a, a Singleton showing up uh, in the linebacking room just saying, hey, that fourth or fifth linebacker spot right now to mm-hmm. start the season, I want that spot. I'm coming for it. I know Fran's answer. What's that? Special teams. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm always looking at special teams in preseason. You, are. you know that. Very important. Um, but I, I'll say the I, I'm looking forward just to see the first and second groups on offense just look crisp. You know, just have a, a good. It doesn't doesn't need every drive doesn't need to be a touchdown. Every drive doesn't need to be a field goal. But just look crisp, look efficient, go out, uh, spread the ball around. You know, I, I'm excited just to see how this offense operates. And, and again, not just the starting group, but that second group as well, because those are going to be guys obviously uh, that are going to be here on the 53 and here throughout the course. Of the 2019 season I would always say when the backup quarterback comes into a game that's the biggest assessment of your coaching staff Mm. how prepared are the backups how prepared are they for the scheme and in a sense that's kind of the preseason games as well once the second third units come in how clean are they operating collectively are they clean in and out of the huddle getting the play calls getting lined up the snap counts whether they're completing the passes or hitting the holes is one thing but just the collective organization really speaks to the coaching staff and really how they kind of install their offense and whether it's really hitting home with that second and third units. Mm. All right, well, let's let's get to today's practice and just uh, some of the takeaways from the field here at the NovCare Complex. Uh, ben, I'll, I'll go to you first. We, you know, like I said, we watched earlier. The defense definitely had the better of the offense today. There were, there were some big plays in the practice. You know, I, I, my mind immediately goes to uh, Carson Wentz hitting Deshaun Jackson on a deep post in the opening period. I want to say it was the fifth play. Um, you know, hit him downfield, wide open, blew past Razul Douglas. Uh, it was a, a, a big play that got. I'm not you know, really fans sure what excited, the route was. It was a stutter go. Right. Alshon, I think, also was double moving. I'm not sure what spun around Rasul Douglas. I think it was right. kind of like a little dead leg move you'd see on a basketball. You'll court, see that but, from Deshaun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, five, ten yards of separation. Wentz found him down the field but that didn't mean the defensive backs didn't make a lot of plays out there I saw Josh Hawkins had one of his better uh, days out there in coverage man if he keeps that ball in front of him any quick game route the slants anytime he could be physical he's really taking a you know the most of his opportunities. And and he's he had, just so competitive too. Like, he had back-to-back like PDUs yeah. today. Yep. He had another one in seven-on-seven. A uh, really nice interception from Rodney McLeod yep. in one of the seven-on-seven periods against Carson Wentz, uh, which was a little disappointing to see that towards the end of practice. You know, this Wentz getting picked off by another starter, but. Um, the defense really got after that offense out there. But it's another step for Rodney McLeod. Exactly. I will, I yeah. will There's take, always that. I will take the good from it in that 
you're wondering who's going to be that playmaking counterpart to Malcolm Jenkins, and you're hoping that Rodney is that guy mm-hmm. because that's something that, you know, the Eagles mix and match as much as they could last season, but it, it was really difficult to replace a Rodney McLeod. You were just so used to having that duo back there that you, you don't take it for granted, but, you know, Tim Houck, the safeties coach, would always say, it's been pretty easy the first couple of years to coach my room when you have Malcolm Jenkins and Rodney McLeod, two outstanding veterans going in there week in and week out. Mm-hmm. But then last year, obviously McLeod goes down. So you have Corey Graham who's filling the role. Trey Sullivan's getting snaps. They work in Avante Maddox. And you're wondering, you know, is Avante Maddox a player who possibly could fill that role right. if McLeod weren't to come all the way back? But uh, – McLeod is such a great character guy in that locker room that he's the type of guy that you want to cheer for, that you want to see come all the way back from the injury. And you know it's great that he's made these strides where I know initially he was saying he wants to be full tilt for the third preseason game in a couple of weeks. But you know the, the progress he's made is great. And it's good that not only is he out there, but he's competing and starting to make plays on the ball. I th- I'm glad that you brought up, too, the fact that, you know, the, yeah, it's a Carson Wentz interception, but it's also a Rodney McLeod interception. I've mm-hmm. always got, I've been kind of racking my brain on this really the last two years with, uh, with at, tra- at training camp. You know, the fans are there and everybody's excited. Everyone's watching the sideline and, you know, just being shoulder to shoulder with fans as we're watching practices is it's fun. I always think of Philly as a defensive town, right? So oh, you yeah. know the, fa- the fans are here, but when there's a big play on de- on defense, so a negative play for the offense, it always is like this like hush of disappointment <laughs> from the side from the fans, and it's like I always think like, all right, well, for a defensive town. Why aren't they more excited about the good defensive play as opposed to like the I bad offensive play? I think there's an identity play. crisis <laughs> with the town, to be honest with you. We got Peterson as a coach, Wentz quarterback. We're putting up a lot of points I in games. I always think that. We kind of, you know, are still a little bit off the, you know, Buddy Ryan, tough nose, right. Reggie White, Eric Allen types of defenses. I think this is kind of an offensive town though now. Uh, but that play, you know, we've been talking about the chemistry with Wentz and Deshaun Jackson. I yep. think that was another instance of a vertical timing route where I don't think it was even in the ballpark of Deshaun Jackson because the angle he broke the route off looked like he wasn't on the same he brought, page. He definitely brought it a little bit flatter. That yep. Wentz was throwing it. So again, just speaking to those vertical timing routes, takes a lot of time to get on the same page, understand what angle you're going to break it at, where do you like it, do you like it over the shoulder, do you like it to the sideline, where based on the defender's leverage. So that throw there looked like uh, Wentz and Deshaun were going to talk about it afterwards. Well, and the last time we talked about this you know, right here on this podcast, you know, you had mentioned it was a comeback route. It was early in camp yep. and uh, Carson put it in one place. Deshaun was expecting it somewhere else. The next day, we saw the same route, same area of the field. Carson put it right there, right. and it was right exactly where Deshaun. And there's was different routes, there's a, slant yeah. routes. There's only so many ways to throw it, and so many places to leave it. Vertical routes to give a receiver room to run under it. You're throwing it out there, but the timing routes, the yep. bang posts, the comebacks, the deep corner routes, where you really need to be on the same page with what angle you're breaking at versus where you're placing it. It's going to take some time. Well, it should be noted that practice went about an hour 45. Yes. Okay. It ended just before 11 o'clock, but the quarterbacks and the receivers stayed on the field, the field by the tent, and they were out there for a good 20, 25 minutes, I would say, yeah. after, after practice, just working. Now, primarily, they were working inside the 20 yard line, but they were working on some timing and some routes and things of that nature, doing a little extra work because, you know, Doug Pearson had his press conference, but. The work was still going yep. on. I'm usually there, in a so. full sprint to the Rita's tent, right? As practice ends there. <laughs> I, so I, should, go birds. I should be hanging around yes. a little bit later. <laughs> you know, it's funny you mentioned about 
the fan reaction to practice because it reminds me of a Twitter conversation that Rasul Douglas had with someone. It was, I think, right before training camp or early in training camp, and it was like practice is judged by how well the offense plays. No question. Mm-hmm. Yes, the, absolutely. If, if the defense pitches a shutout and is outstanding, coach is going to say practice stunk today. They were terrible out there. Right. It was garbage. we got to do more work. But if the offense lights it up, oh, it was phenomenal <laughs> practice. Great day of work. Well, that's what, like, after, like, Deshaun hits the big deep ball, everyone's cheering. And it's right. like, no one's saying anything. The corner like, got oh, blown or <laughs> yeah. Miles Sanders has a nice jump cut. Nobody talks about the gap fits right. of the linebackers on the play. You, know? you see the defense's coaches, like, yelling and hands in the air, and all everyone's cheering in the crowd. Yeah. You know, we're all Philadelphia Eagles here. Where, where there's a success on one side, there's usually well, a failure on the other. We can't just sit there with our hands. <laughs> exactly, you know? yeah. Meanwhile, I'm just sitting there scrubbling notes. Sometimes you see clips on social media from certain teams like a, a ball gets intercepted or a nice sack by you know a defensive right. end he just smoked your offensive tackle <laughs> though you know your starting left tackle just got smoked so it's kind of a fine line between well, a it's a perception you, praising it depends and criticizing. who you show yeah that's right, the that's biggest valid. thing you don't want to you know make Wentz look bad and might, so be a, string, might be a third string tackle yeah, there's some camera beat. tricks yeah. you could do in there <laughs> of course of course uh the other big play on offense was a Clayton Thorson deep post to Greg Ward it was uh I want to say it was in, during the seven on seven period as well um there was probably the the big the highlight for uh the rookie quarterback uh so far this summer um all right so defensively the one thing I noticed uh, again looking at the linebackers Camus Grugier Hill out for the next few weeks with an injury so uh who's stepping into his place obviously Nigel Bradham still not participating in team sessions, so uh, next to Nate Gary as the uh, in the nickel package, both Zach Brown and LJ Fort swapped every team period. So uh, clearly, they're trying to mix in those two guys and see uh, who can kind of take you know, quote unquote take over uh, that that spot in the lineup. But Nate Gary is the guy; he's the constant. He's that's the, the thing that's there, notable yes, yes. is that he's the fixture right there and is trying to figure out who works all the time. And I think Ben, I think it's a great point you brought up. What are we looking at? Linebacker is going to be a big one. That, yeah. That's actually a very, very good position to highlight because of of the injury, because you have a lot of new guys working in there. So and the collective nature of the group. You know, when you're not live and going to the ground, it's tough to get the full package and picture of the linebackers and the running backs and those guys that are kind of you know the battle positions. Those are the combat positions. We need to know how you handle contact, fighting off blocks, finishing running backs, finishing runs. We need to see some live action to really get the full picture of you know of the player and their evaluation. I, I continue to just be impressed by the defense in general, just because they've got all these guys that are on the sideline and they just continue, they just plug and play and they just they just keep going. You know, we're talking about the corners that aren't there and safeties mixing and matching. And, uh, defensive line is missing two starters, linebackers missing two starters. Now uh, it is really uh, good to see just the depth at work there. One other note: Mac Hollins made his return to practice today, caught a, a deep dig from Nate Sudfeld. Uh, I believe that was also during the seven-on-seven drill. Um, any other quick takeaways before we uh, No, once again, I'm just going to give some credit to Matt Pryor, who yesterday I highlighted playing right guard, left tackle. Where does he play today? Left guard, right tackle. Yep. So again, cross-training inside-outside. Again, cross-training left side-right side. One of the few guys to do it out here. You don't see your number 69's name called very often out there, but I assure you he's out there quite a bit and all over that offensive line. So someone that uh, you know just want to give some attention to. All right, well, let's, uh, let's hit to the fan questions again. Number one way to support the show, go on wherever you listen. Give us that rating. Give us that comment. We've got a couple comments here. Uh, I want to check in with a, couple, a few loyal listeners here. We've got Matt Esquire, Anthony Russomano. Both of you guys commented on an Apple podcast saying how much you enjoy the show. You're loving these training camp episodes. Both of you guys, thank you very much for the comments. Uh, M. Landers, same deal. Don't want to forget about you. Uh, left a comment saying the same thing. We do have a question from Hillbilly Club uh, who asks... 
um, you know, it says, first of all, how much they love the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast and how they learn so much. They love this segment uh, with uh, Coach Jeff Stoutland this offseason, the, the X and O segment, uh, breaking down Andre Dillard after the draft. I agree. It was probably my favorite segment uh, that we've done this offseason. Um, lives in New York City. And see, okay. I'm going to pose this question to you because you're the best one to answer here okay. at the desk. Uh, lives in New York City. Doesn't get the, the preseason games, obviously, from uh, you know not in the local market. Okay. What's the best way for him to be able to watch the preseason action? Uh, to Thursday watch night? it. Okay, big difference there. So something new this season, okay? This is unfortunately not going to apply to him. But if you're in the Philly market, you can stream the game from a video standpoint on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. Okay, and that's pretty cool. Yep. Okay, so that's new for this season. That's definitely something. So to if you're in out. market on the app and on the website, you, you can, can watch, watch the game. The game. Got Correct. It. That's available to you. Now, if you're out of market, like our gentleman here is, if you go and sign up for NFL Game Pass, okay, they have a free trial with all the preseason games. That is the best way to do it. And you can watch that live. You can watch it live. Yes, preseason games. You can watch live in the season. You can watch the uh, archive. The replays of games, which is also, by the way, how you get all twenty-two. I believe yes, is it through is. Game Pass. It's great. Right. It's a very. It's a hundred dollars. It's a phenomenal package. You can do the condensed highlights if you just want the thirty-minute recap. You get the full broadcast, and you get the coaches' tape yep. as well. So it is absolutely outstanding. It's how all the reporters, you know, outside of you know you guys, do the all twenty-two work. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely definitely a valuable product there. Now that being said, you like Merrill Mike. Love okay. Merrill Mike. Who doesn't like Merrill Mike? You can listen to it out of market on PhiladelphiaEagles.com, on the desktop version of the site. So not on your mobile phone, unfortunately, because it can track where you're from and figure out that you're in market, out of market. But if you just go to the desktop version of PhiladelphiaEagles.com, wherever you are, you can listen to the live stream, the Sports Radio 94 WIP feed of Maryland Mike. Love it. All right. Well, uh, looking forward to the next few days on the podcast because what we've got coming at you today, obviously our last practice before the first preseason game. Tomorrow, check back on this feed, and you will see my breakdown uh, of the Washington Redskins. I had Mark Bullock from The Athletic on. He joined. He's an outstanding follow on Twitter. If you're into All-22 analysis, he's one of my favorite team-centric follows from that angle. Uh, And we went deep on, on Washington how the how they look so far this summer, what they're looking like for the fall, how will they look for the Eagles when they take on them uh, in week one. It's going to be very interesting to break that down with Mark. So stay tuned for that tomorrow here on this feed. Then uh, the, the game is on Thursday. Check, check out, obviously, all the in-game coverage on PhiladelphiaEagles.com and the Eagles mobile whoa, 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 pre-game. Your your pregame, yeah, kickoff kick show. I was just getting ready to tease. All right, all right. You, just, you say, "Well, you're <laughs> game coverage." I'm sorry, my fault. So we've got the, the the kickoff show, the half hour before the start of the game. Uh, myself and Amy Campbell will be on the desk. We'll be breaking down uh, what to watch in Thursday night's game, and then obviously the post game show as well uh, with Amy and Ike Reese. So uh, we're here, guys. The, the the games are starting. Then we'll be back. Practice starts again on Saturday. We'll have uh, our first recap. Uh, of what we see after the game. We'll talk it through. But uh, looking forward to it. Really appreciate you guys listening once again. Give us that rating. Give us that review. The best way to throw us your support. Until then, we'll see you next time here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade.